Nah, man, he's got the tinfoil. He's definitely got me beat. I use that shit for cooking. Shows how primitive I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> step step your tinfoil game up. Right. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not conscious. That's what it is. You know. What's up, guys? Welcome back. The IO panel special episode. The kook episode. This week we explore all the crazy and interesting, uh, all of our favorite conspiracies, all of the creepy shit we love to think about in the dark when no one's around, uh, all the things we like to prepare for. That's that's a different show. Forget that. Not the things we like to prepare for, but all the uh, conspiracies we love. That's another show episode altogether. Okay, anyway, so with us today we have our man, Mr. Evan. What's going on, Evan? Hail Zenu. There we go. <laughs> a man of few words. Uh, and we've got uh, my A1 Boon Coon, uh, Mr. Mike. What's going on, Mink? What up? There we go. And we got a special guest with us, uh, Andrew, the man with the plan. What's going on, Andrew? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Still trying to find out if we're in the Matrix or not. Oh, boy. You're telling me, dude. I think we're there. Um, all right. So this is the Kook episode, guys. Um, so we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We're just going to go through the gambit. Uh, as always, post your comments and everything you see, anything you hear about the show, anything you want more. We'll have all the details in the show notes. All the links will be there. Uh, we're going to put Evan to work this week, organizing all of the links. (laughs) He's going to have a lot of fun. So who wants to go first? Who's got, who's got a good juicy one? How many of you are awakened? (laughs) but what does that mean are we batteries since you make since you mentioned the matrix (laughs) are you more discuss i you're goddamn right i see can't you see i'm bald i have big black glasses i don't have any pills on me but you know (laughs) that's unfortunate yeah (laughs) (laughs) or maybe he already took the pills i don't know (laughs) That would explain the glasses and then the, the uh, aluminum yeah. foil cap. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Well, I don't know. So, so Elon Musk has made some waves talking about this very subject, how, you know, the likelihood of us being in a some sort of holographic world universe. You know, people commonly refer to it as a holographic universe or, you know, us being some sort of sim for a much more advanced civilization. And we're all just inside of a game. You know, a couple of theories floating around out there. I, I know the Matrix, the, the movie itself really resonated with me and, and made me think, oh, this wasn't just some fun action-packed flick, but, you know, maybe there's some truth behind this. Yep. Any insight on how to wake up? And also, is there a difference between the holographic universe and uh, simulation theory? Basically the same thing, I'm assuming? Yeah, I would imagine so. So if anyone doesn't know, I think we've covered it briefly in the past, but simulation theory basically says either uh, humankind will never reach a state where we can basically the singularity. Is that correct? Or am I I'm misstating that we can never reach a state where we can simulate reality or we're already in a simulated reality. And would that explain why we can simulate reality? Because, I mean, they're, they're making some advancements there. Could be. And I, I think, 
the most interesting part about this whole argument is if anyone has proof one way or the other, that proof could have been simulated. So you actually can't prove it. <laughs> Mind, Mind blown. blown. Yes. Here's the thing about this whole thing, right? When I was a kid, I had this idea, okay? Maybe I was like 15. And the idea was that does the space, and I know, you know, back then, there was no name for it, but I'm sure everybody thought this, right? Does the space that I cannot see over the hill exist right now because I am not seeing it? Right. You know, like right now, Evan is in Tennessee, Michael is in Wheaton, Maryland, Andrew is somewhere in Maryland. Undisclosed location. And Undisclosed location. Intentionally. <laughs> 15,000 meters underground. I'm in the bunker. <laughs> He's in the bunker. All right. I can So I can see them in the little window on the interwebs here uh, through Google Hangouts. Right. But does the space beyond what I can see actually exist right now? Do yeah. I actually exist in your physical world? Yeah, exactly. Or or here's a, here's a great example. In Star Citizen, they have the universe server that simulates actual actions out of characters doing things, but it does not exist until you actually go to that location, then it's right out. So are you guys just like a fucking blade running somewhere in the Jesus server, you know? <laughs> and now if I was to like storm into Andrew's house and kick the door and be like, you hear motherfucker? Then Andrew would poof into existence as I open the door to his computer room. What's, we don't know. Yeah, you know? who's to say whether the Andrew we're talking to now is actually the Andrew you would meet in physical form? Yeah. Oh, well, you, you bust you bust open the door, you'll get a, a, an opportunity to try your bullet dodging technique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. stand still like a deer. Yeah. <laughs> so his, his vision is based on movement. That's right. <laughs> so to address the issue uh, or your comment of does the area over the hill exist when you're a young child? The answer is no. Well, this is because you haven't learned that yet. Anything that is not that you do not see does not exist when you're a child. Well, this is which is why a lot of kids play hide and seek by covering their eyes. I like that. This is also though the um, the whole thing where you know if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? Right. Yes. Right. It's the same same basic thing. Um, and yeah, it's a good question. You know, it depends on whether you classify a sound as something you hear or something that generates sound waves. And we know that a falling object hitting the ground will generate sound waves. So I say it does make a sound. Whether you can hear it doesn't matter. Well, here's the thing. It makes more than sound, though, right? So yes, atmospheric atmospheric, uh, uh, atmospheric situation, whatever it's called. That indicates, like, which way it falls, and does it make an indentation? How soft is the mud? Are any birds or animals displaced? Do they now displace other birds and animals when they move to another tree? You know, uh, and things in the branches. Do they go other places? Do the branches hit a rock and then bend? The butterfly you know, so when you go, when you go see the tree, and you see, oh, there's a broken branch here, and there's an indentation there, and the tree broke here, you know. So did a server simulate all that? And now we're like, oh, shit. Okay, we go there. We're like, oh, this tree fell, and this is what happened. You know, you'll never know. I mean, who knows? Well, let, let's say we were in the Matrix. What, what's the point of it? Hmm. 
a great either us or a greater civilization is looking to see what where they went wrong to see what they could do better next time. Like maybe we're like an MIT um, simulation running in someone's uh, you know gra- uh, doctoral thesis in fifty five fifty five. I'll just pick that year randomly. I have a question. What if we are the AI? Learning from itself, advancing itself to become better. To become itself. One yes. AI or many AI? What is the <clears throat> plural of AI? <laughs> well, no, here's the thing, right? If I was going to train AI, I think an ideal way to train AI would be make 50, like, kind of shards and learn, teach all those shards. And then at the end of that cycle, crush them all together to take all the combined knowledge. Would that that's, would that's that not destroy all the combined knowledge or cause major conflicts? I mean, it's AI. It's not a fucking person. It What's the problem-solving engine? It would absorb all that. I think it would absorb all that knowledge. So you're saying that if we crush against each other hard enough... No, I'm not saying that. Erotically... <laughs> That, <laughs> that will form, that will advance human civilization. He's been looking for an excuse to do this. Oh, just, just mash bodies. <laughs> you must submit yourself sexually. <laughs> to the Borg, of course. Yes. <laughs> Resistance is futile. But Evan, well, I mean, Evan, that brings up a good point, though. Um, you said, you know, are, are we all one AI or many AIs and we're all learning. There's mm-hmm. actually a, a short story I read called the egg by Andy Weir. Who's the same person who actually wrote the book, the Martian, which yep. the movie, the Martian is based on obviously. And <laughs> in the short story, I guess I'm going to ruin it, but it's fine. It's like a two page story. So it's not a big deal. Um, in the story, a person dies in a car accident and basically he goes and meets God, right? And God's like, hey, what's going on? You know? He's like, yeah, you're, you're dead. Up, you know, you died. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, it's not a big deal though. It's all good. <clears throat> He's like, and then God says, alright, so I'm going to send you on your way now. You're going to be a a, a a Chinese peasant girl in 500 AD. It's like, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 what? And it basically comes to be revealed that the this person who's going to be reincarnated in another place and time, he is everybody, and everybody is him. Oh God! Mm-hmm. God is lazy throughout forever. So he's yeah. he's Hitler, he's Gandhi, he's he's everybody. He's- He's the Jews that Hitler killed? Yep. All that. He, he, you're everyone. He said you're he said you're a god or you're going to be a god. But right now you're just an egg. So you have to learn mm. everything first <laughs> and then then you'll be a god. That's very interesting. So yeah. God created his own replacement? No, it's or a companion or offspring. Which one's on top? <laughs> so yeah, so I, that that story blew my mind. I was like, wow. 
That is very interesting. Yes. And it reminds me of a cartoon called Rick and Morty. I don't know if you guys watch it, but Rick Sanchez, the the grandfather in the story, is a <laughs> genius inventor, and he created a small robot um, to pass him butter for his toast. But the robot was intelligent and asked, what is my purpose? And Rick responded, to pass butter. And in this moment, you saw the robot have an existential crisis. <laughs> Look at his robot hands and say, oh, God. And Rick says, yeah, welcome to the show. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus, that's pretty interesting. That's actually a huge statement about life, though. It, it is. I mean, it speaks to everyone who just feels like they're a cog in the machine. Yeah. That, you know, they wake up, they pay bills, they raise families or whatever. And it's just like, for what? What's the purpose of all of this? Yeah. It's like, I hate these kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you think about it, right? Humanity, we're, we're fucking amazing. Like, we are a fucking creature that we cannot master ourselves. You know, like, we can't, like, we, at least from our understanding, we cannot make another human other than naturally, you know? So that makes every human an amazing miracle of science and technology. Yet we have people who it's like, your job's to fuck other dudes for money, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> your job is to freaking whatever, you know? It's like, that's what you're going to do. That's what you do. Um, yeah, it's dude, your it's place crazy, in man. society. Yeah. Know your fucking place. Yeah, know your role and put some respect <laughs> on my name. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's a complicated world we live in, man. So, so the jury's out about the Matrix. I mean, bot, bottom line, it, it, is it plausible? It's extremely. I think it's extremely plausible. I think I think it's plausible. I don't think there's any way to know. Yes, unless you wake up, and DMT could be the answer, because you become one with the universe for ten minutes. You know, you, you ten keep, of our minutes. Keep pushing this DMT angle. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Aside well, so, from the vomit and stomach pain. So what, what, what does it mean to wake up? Because you hear that term in, in non-denominational spiritual circles a lot. You know, becoming conscious, being aware, waking up. Mm -hmm. What What is that all about? What does that mean? Perhaps a greater understanding or a broader view of what life is. It's all all connected, not necessarily... You waking up every day, going to work for some paper to pay for where you live. Um, I'm probably going to misquote this, but like um, uh, American students are basically, you know, generally in a lot of debt when they get out of college. So you take out loans to pay for education that gets you a job to pay for the loans you took out. To pay for the education. Mm -hmm. Right. So maybe waking up, I guess, just gives you a broader perspective. Makes you feel like you're, you're it, part of nature or something. I, I, don't know. I, th I think a part of it also deals with um, recognizing how that, I mean, take that system that you just described. You know, you go to school so you can do post-education going to debt and then get a job to, to pay for the debt, you know, being aware of that kind of how that, that whole program 
you're indoctrinated into it from an early age and like you're raised into this matrix of sorts, you know, maybe it's not a holographic matrix, but it's a, it's a social matrix. And, you know, you're kind of marched down this path of, you know, go to school so I can get a job so I can just be in a perpetual state of repaying debt and hopefully squirreling enough nuts away so that one day I can, you know, live off of a a few shells every now and then um, and not have to work so hard. I mean, that, that's a matrix of sort that we operate within now that, you know, some people are actively trying to get out of. And so being, being aware <clears throat> of this conditioning and, you know, kind of the fact that we're all shepherded down a particular path in life um, and there are all these various systems and institutions in place to support that matrix and just being aware of what that looks like, you know, at, at the scholastic level, at the, at the government level. I mean, you know, there's all all these institutions kind of in play that have set up society the way it is so that, you know, the majority of us are just kind of led to the slaughterhouse and a few people wake up and see what's going on and decide to, to chart their own path. Question for you guys. If you achieved, and I'll say enlightenment, if you were able to understand all that you know as reality and come to peace with it. Would you still want to live the rest of your life? Because unless I'm totally incorrect, going throughout your life is not just, you know, having friends and family and job and watching TV, but trying to learn what life is. So if you knew that right now, would you kill yourself? Because you're done with it. Well, I guess I guess it ultimately depends on what you deduce the purpose of life is. Mm-hmm. But if if we're saying a, a facet of enlightenment includes recognizing that we're all one, um, and you know we're just kind of like individuated portions of the whole, the one, then I feel like you'd have a responsibility to help some of your lesser uh, enlightened counterparts toward achieving that same goal. And so you, you've achieved enlightenment. Now you help other people become enlightened. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself becomes a purpose worth living for in my mind. So so maybe, maybe I don't, or may, maybe I get to just fly around like Superman because I've just mastered <laughs> everything, you know? He's using 100% of his brain. <laughs> that's another thing that's total bullshit, by the way. But yeah, go yeah. on. The, temp, the 10% rule? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe I want to show off my enlightenment. You know, maybe I want to walk in the dark rooms, figuratively speaking, and just you know, watch watch the entire room light up because I'm standing there. Just go in and flex. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you would encounter a lot of resistance and get discouraged and realize your attempts are futile. Or Perhaps if, if it's possible. I mean, was was Jesus enlightened? Uh, maybe that's what the first 30 years of his life were. That's another conspiracy theory altogether right there. What, that Jesus existed? No, no, not that Jesus existed, but the, the whole mi- thing. The missing decades? Uh, no, <laughs> the missing decades. Yeah, that is a whole other, you're right, you're right, absolutely. That that was on my list for this show, actually, but I took it off. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's a, so much there, you know, that's like so much there. It's rich, Yeah. 
But what? So what are you speaking of specifically when you say that that's another conspiracy? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not very religious, so for me, I look at everything from a very scientific perspective. So when I look at all of the a lot of the religious stuff, I don't know. I'm I'm less trusting of people. If God came down and told me, said, "Look, sup, dude? This is it's all legit." You know, my son came down. He did all this shit. This real happens. I'm like, <laughs> word. You know what I mean? Then I'd be like, all right, cool. You know? But right now, you know, I don't know. Between the Pope and the and the and the Catholic Church and all the little sub religions that have popped up around it, it all seems like just another way for dudes to make money to me or other dudes to fucking find power. That's what it seems. Yeah, like. <laughs> it's it's more about power. I mean, you yeah. control the power, you control the money. That's yeah, power is everything. Power is everything. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to knock anybody else's beliefs, but to me, the whole thing is very, you know, there's a lot, a lot of holes that I can't, I can't, that I can't uh, reconcile. Yeah, the the, ra- the rational mind, you know, just can't accept some of the things that these religious institutions espouse. You know, it just, yeah. and you, you see the contradictions and all that. I mean, what, you can't turn a blind eye to that. At least anybody, you know, anyone who's awake. Right, I mean, not, yes, not that's at the wheel. It's the suspension of disbelief. We just have to realize that Noah's Ark was the prototype for dimensional compression. So he put all the animals in the world onto, you know, a bus and survived the flood and repopulated. There you go. For also, what? Well, I don't know. <laughs> for food? <laughs> <laughs> Evan, I, I mean, you know, I don't know what what kind of technology was going on back in uh, the days of Noah, but um, I'm assuming they could have <laughs> built a boat a little bit bigger than a than a Greyhound bus. It was like six Greyhound buses, but yeah. Uh, if if going by what the measurements of the Bible, it's more than six. It's probably like four Greyhound Greyhound buses wide and like maybe like sixty long. I mean, it's fucking huge. Nah, 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 nah. Yes. I'll put the actual dimensions in the show notes. 60 by 4? <laughs> that I mean, seems a little skewed. By the measurement of Greyhound buses. Uh, it's pretty, the Greyhound buses. I'll tell you this. Measurement? Yeah. It's yeah. At, yeah, exactly. It's absolutely <laughs> smaller than a Disney cruise ship. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. it. That's. They tell you the dimensions in the Bible. I think it's at least as big as a Disney cruise ship. And do they give the dimensions in cubits? I uh, I believe so. Not cubits. Or some some like, form of measurement that we no longer recognize, but we're capable of <laughs> we're capable of converting. You say hectares. Nineteen hectares. <laughs> That's actually a measurement we still use, technically. Yes. But uh, yeah, I mean these these religions. It's just yeah. I mean it's just the hypocrisy, you know. A lot of the stuff they say, oh, you know, God loves everyone, and but not gay people. Yeah, you know? it's not, right. Uh, and that's and that's you know, come on, man. If God's gonna love everyone, well, I mean, he's gonna it, love it, everyone, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, this is the nature of humanity, right? 
we 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 are ever changing species. So what you have is something that was taboo thirty years ago. Now we're like, oh yeah, it's cool. And if you look back then and you see what was taboo then, they're like, yeah, women can't be fucking ministers. The man is the leader of the household, yada, 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 and all this stuff. There's so many things that the Bible has that don't apply because it was written by dudes back then for them, for ruling people back then. Right. You know? So, and when you measure the Bible against our lifestyle now, you realize it doesn't jive with who we are now. I'm not saying that the Bible's old and out of what it, tradition, whatever, but we have a choice. We can either be a, a, uh, a very strict Muslim caliphate, or we can be who we are right now, which is, which is basically, and that's very extreme, like very extreme of me to say that. But if you say I'm going to follow the Bible like a stickler, New Testament, Old Testament, about how we should deal with women, animals, livestock, the workplace, everything, then you're going to be like basically living in a fucking hut in Afghanistan, minus the stone. Well, no, including the stoning. You know? Oh yes, so, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's Old Testament, and I know people say, "Oh, Old Testament's Old Testament, and New Testament's what you follow." Yada yada yada. You apply this to your life, but the thing is, the whole thing—it's a very old book, and it's obviously written by men. It's not a, a book that's written fluidly, and it, it's not meant to be interpreted in certain ways. Like it's like the Constitution of the United States. You know, like people are like, "Oh, you have the right to bear arms." You know. That right was put into the Constitution as a protection against tyranny, yada, 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 the British government, basically. It was like them saying, we have the right to do this, British government. We wrote this Constitution. Get fucked. You know, that was their whole thing. You know, it wasn't like you have the right to carry an AK-47 in the mall. You know, that's not the right. That's not what the right was for. But we're going to interpret it the way we want to interpret it to apply now. But it doesn't apply anymore. It's the same. And I'm not. I'm I'm 100% pro-gun, you know. I, I love the Second Amendment. I'm all about that life. But at the same time, you know, people try to leverage that to make what they want to make happen happen. And the same it's bullshit. The same goes for the Bible and the stuff that's in the Bible. You want to leverage whatever. Oh, yeah, gay people, this kind of thing. Look, dude, you want to fucking second abuse Johnson? Just do it. Just don't do it in my house. And don't do it to me. And we're good. You know, I don't care, man. It's all good. If my son's like, dude, I can't wait to fucking suck some dude's cock. I'll be like... Go for it, bro. Just don't tell me about it. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. You know what I mean? Is you, you don't hurt anybody else. You try to live a good life. You be a good person. We're straight, man. You know, just don't be a fucking asshole. You know, and we're good. You know? I can only live for today. I can only live for right now. Yeah. So, thanks for, thanks for tuning in, folks. Bible podcast over. <laughs> Please, let's go to a fucking conspiracy. Jesus. I'm so sorry for opening that can of fucking bullshit. That's all right. Put the top right back on it. And instead of talking about Jesus, we can talk about the Illuminati. Who the hell are they? God, that's the real Jesus right there. Because there's some intersection. There's some intersection with religion there, supposedly with Illuminati. But it goes a lot deeper than that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I think that... I'm torn about the Illuminati and the Masonic, uh, the Masonic Brotherhood and the ECR uh, and all of these various groups. I'm torn about them because I totally wish they existed. You know, it's like the the Illuminati's like Trump. You know, it's like it's like you're like this guy exists. This is crazy. I gotta watch. You know, but, mm. the you know, so you like, I, I hope the Illuminati is a thing, 
You know, but at the same time, you're like, if the Illuminati is a thing, that's really fucked up because they're controlling my whole life and I don't even realize it. So, or or you do wake up and realize it, and then what? I don't know. How do I become a member? <laughs> yeah, I want in. <laughs> it's like I, well, I want to own. control other people. Blood yeah. sacrifice. Easy. I could do that. Done. So, it sounds like joining the Church of Scientology. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which is a whole other oh ball. Oh god! Yeah, I don't even oh, know if we boy. want to go go down that road. But yeah, but so but Illuminati, right? So there's supposedly this group of elite bankers and and businessmen and and just you know people that come from generations of power pulling the puppet strings of you know Joe Citizen and controlling world affairs and so forth. I mean, that sounds like a, a like it could be plausible. Just based on some of the things that have happened historically between, you know, with with CIA propaganda and, and misinformation and all that. I mean, that's just one example of people being manipulated on a, on a broad scale. So think like the uh, think like uh, COINTELPRO, for example. Right. You know, infiltrating organizations covertly like the whole Black Panther movement. And, and I'm sure they had a hand in, in the MLK assassination and. You know, probably my my future assassination for opening up this topic over the airwaves. <laughs> but and, but and you know that that's just that's just one offshoot of kind of like a, a, a shadow operation taking place behind the scenes that's that's kind of transcends government oversight and regulation and all of that. I mean, it, it just makes sense that there's some shot callers that you don't see, and you know the politicians and the presidents and the UN and all that bullshit is just it's all a farce. It's it's theatrics. And the the real power brokers are behind the scenes, and so you call them the Illuminati, call them whomever. You know, may, may, maybe it's not quite as occultish as as that sounds, but I I absolutely believe there are some folks behind the scenes, um, you know, coming to the round table to to decide world affairs and dictate who gets fed and who doesn't in any given year. Yeah, and it's definitely not a new thing. Um, it was, you know, if you go back to um, say the, the Templar Knights or something, you know, a very long time ago, it was much easier to reign over the populace. Now mm-hmm. there's, there's media, you can, you know, organize, uh, protests and upri- quote unquote uprisings. Um, but one, uh, a very old group, uh, supposedly from about 800 years ago, that I stumbled across but didn't read into very much is uh, called the Venetian Black Nobility, and they oh, shit. they are supposed to be the um, the I'll say the ancestors of one of our other related topics here, the Bilderberg Group. Mm-hmm. So if you had such a, a group of powerful people creating shaping the world, you know, 800 years ago, it's absolutely plausible and likely that their ancestors and friends and cohorts are still operating today. Right. Why wouldn't they? Why, why would you just relinquish that type of power? You'd want to even concentrate it more and become more sophisticated in in the exercise of that power. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. And, you know, and they, you talk about like the IMF and, and World Bank's kind of being offshoots of, of this power 
structure and, and a lot of it being concentrated in the central banks and those who control the financial system, which makes sense. Yep. I think there's only a handful of uh, national banks in the world that are not controlled by the Rothschilds. Hmm. And, and has anyone ever taken a look into how the monetary system itself works? No, sir. Well, please enlighten if you feel so inclined. Yeah, I, uh, I was just looking at that uh, just this past week, actually. Thanks to thanks to our guest uh, our guest host here. Um, thanks to some some links he shared with me. Very uh, very enlightening. But uh, Andrew, I'm sure you know a little bit more about it. Why don't you? Uh, yeah, I mean it. In, in a nutshell, and he's what the links he's referring to are the, the Zeitgeist movie series. And so, you know, take take that for what it is on its face. I mean, there's there's always three sides to every story. And I think that the Zeitgeist um, series represents one end of the spectrum. And, you know, your average unawoken Joe citizen probably is, is operating from the other end of the spectrum. And the truth is somewhere in between. But just, just the way that, I mean, essentially they create money out of thin air. So... I think in in the United States, um, money was backed by gold up until the early 30s. I can't remember the exact year, but there was like, what, the Federal Reserve Act or something like that was signed. And then all of a sudden, money is no longer backed by gold. And and essentially, money is created out of thin air, just, you know, moving a series of zeros from one database to another database. And, And then... The U.S. government purchases or, or sells bonds to the Federal Reserve or some, something like that. The way the way it all works, some weird horse trading arrangement where it ends up being that when new money in, gets entered in a, in a circulation, then all of a sudden um, America, the country, has more debt. You know, every every dollar that's in circulation equates to a dollar that's in debt and a dollar of debt. And if that dollar wasn't in circulation, um, if there was no money in circulation, then the whole concept of debt, you know, debt would be erased altogether. And so the whole idea that money is debt and so you can never repay debt in its, in its entirety because then you wouldn't have any money in its circulation. That's kind of like a, a oversimplified high level understanding of it. But I mean, look, look at look at Wall Street, look at the financial markets, look at. Look at everything about money management and how it's so convoluted and, and complicated to understand to your average person. Some people who don't specialize in it or who don't take the interest to really truly understand how money works. Um, it, it's it's intentionally obscure, um, and that's and that's part of the control because then they they can use the money system to game people to to to, to stack it and, and rig it in certain people's favor. Mm-hmm. So I totally believe that the Illuminati or some group that controls everything to- exists. Like I'm totally in that theory, and I'll tell you why. Because if you play a video game, let's say like I don't know, let's say a video game that involves you starting from zero money and having to buy things to make more money to getting all the way to the top level, and now you have tons of money. And you can do anything, and you don't care about the consequences, because you can do anything, you have tons of money. I think that life is like, I've always looked at life like a video game. So, if you're that guy on the top, and you can do anything, and you're untouchable, and unknowable, and 
a, a beat cop, like you could murder a homeless man and no one's going to ever care or find out because you're too huge and you're too removed from the action. You know, I feel like, I feel like the super wealthy, the super connected, the super powerful can do almost anything, manipulate almost anyone, be connected to anybody, you know, like nothing's out of their reach. So when you're at that high level, it's easy for you to manipulate governments and contracts and companies and people like pieces on the chessboard. And I think for most people at a low level, they're like, it's, it's too big to think about. There's too pot. It's too big. Like they can't, of course there's no such thing as the Illuminati. I can barely get my fucking mail. So of course it, so this can't exist, but you're not fucking filthy rich. Like if I was filthy rich, I'd have a fucking guy to get my mail. I'd never fucking look at mail. Like I wouldn't do that. Like a, like a, like a, like a fucking doctor who is a fucking brain surgeon. He doesn't take his hands and then go under a sink and try to fix plumbing. Of course not. He's a fucking brain surgeon. He hires some fucking pleb for that, you know? So that's what these guys do. They don't have to worry about all the little things we have to worry about. We're so, like, distracted with, like, TV and fucking, you know, oh, what happened on Big Bang Theory? What did this fucking douchebag fucking do this week? You know, we're so worried about that and TV and all the little things they feed us to distract us that we don't have time to think about what they're doing to fucking bend us over the table and, like, go at us with no Vaseline, you know? So... Do do you think media and all this is offered up as a distraction? TV, radio, and you know some of the, some of the bullshit that people be become I preoccupied think, with. I think entertainment's been a distraction for the common man for hundreds and hundreds of years. I think the Romans did it with uh, the gladi- gladiatorial fights. I think people did it with bullfights. I think that's that's how you. That's it's a morale tool. It's how you distract people from what's going on. It's a very common practice. We do it on all levels even now and don't even realize what we're doing. You know, I think it's I think it's real. I, I think that of course we've built entire industries around it and now it's a point where they've taken on a life for themselves. But I think if you wanted to distract like fucking I'm not I'm gonna throw something out there. Let's say nine eleven. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's say 9-11 happens and you're like, I want to distract people from this so we can do whatever we want. Well, let me just fucking, we'll just release this fucking, some, oh, this fucking celebrity blew 26 guys and they had to pump 36 gallons of nut out of her stomach or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. I'm making something up. But I guarantee you there's, for every major event in the world, there's some distraction that occurred that pulled, you know. Like some headline. Yeah, that pulled 70% of idiots off to some other thing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, such and such moron died. Dude, I don't give a shit. Nobody on this podcast gives a shit, but I guarantee you lots of people were like, oh, he died. I'm going to cry. Yeah. So, all right. So, so Muhammad Ali then, he's a distraction for what? I don't think he's a distraction. I think that people die, but <laughs> I mean, he was old. He was old. He just died, but. You know, who knows? We don't know. If, well, well, you know, you know, there is a theory that he didn't just die, but you know, his onset of Parkinson's disease itself was a form of the government quieting him because he had such a powerful voice of activism um, back in his era. And so that that's a whole other theory, one that's just gaining some traction. It's in, it's possible. However, decades of head trauma will give you Alzheimer's. That, well, see, they, they started to debunk that a bit. Um, or like name, name someone else who got uh, who got Parkinson's disease from boxing. No, I can't name anybody. 
I don't follow anything about boxing, so I can't. No, but I, I mean, I, I'll tell you something. I've thought about that, and I can't name a single other well, boxer. Now it's, and I'm sure now it's um, it's football players and maybe hockey players, right? The ones that they go on killing sprees and then they kill themselves or they just kill themselves. It's happened a few times now over the last five or ten years. Did head trauma do that? Or? Well, that's what they're saying. There could, they're saying well, there could also whole, be... That's that movie with Will Smith. Concussion. Yeah. But a concussion's yeah. not about guys going on killing sprees. It's about guys having, like, you know, serious head trauma. No, right? but what I'm saying is, okay, these guys played football for years. <clears throat> then they went on killing sprees, and then they killed themselves. That has happened and that w- more than once. It has, but I don't think that's what I don't think that's because of head trauma. I think that's because people are fucking horrible. <laughs> uh, well, there there was one case not long ago, within the last year, I believe. Um, I don't remember the name, but the guy was like twenty six, um, former football player. I don't think he was uh, active on any team. He shot his girlfriend and then shot himself. They were like in a truck or something. So upon uh, examining his brain, it was more or less equated to an Alzheimer's patient who was in their eighties. But, because, but because was that was that was that because of the football though? Is this a case of correlation? They, they did say being that construed as causation. I it, I mean it's possible. I'm not a coroner. Um, I, they were relating it to head trauma though. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to talk a little bit about uh, you know athletes who have killed people there's Chris Benoit who killed his family and then himself uh, that could have been related to head trauma uh, somewhat however as a pro wrestler there is a lot of painkiller abuse and other prescription drugs so you know that was definitely a contributor also to so, making him crazy so here's the thing right um I think that we are a society that um, we gotify celebrities and sports players. Yes. So whenever a sports player does something, we're like, oh my God, why him? He was so great. He was the lowest paid player on the fucking team nobody cares about. But he was wonderful. Look, here's the thing, right? According to this thing that I just looked up, 1,200 Americans die in murder suicides a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm not gonna say no one talks about them. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this fucking shit happens. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? So to say, I mean, yeah. Do I think people like fucking do sports and get really fucked up and trashed? Absolutely. Do I think they should make more careful things for them? Absolutely. Do I think that's why this happened? Mm, probably not, because people are fucking horrible. I mean, look, I'm a person. I'm a fucking savage. I can tell you that right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't know Andrew very well, but I know you two motherfuckers well, and I know you two motherfuckers are savages. One of the first things Michael told me was, he's like, if you want to kill a guy, just walk up to his house and shoot him in the face. So, <laughs> yeah, the best Michael, way to mur- get away with a murder is make it completely random. Yeah, he's like, just randomly walk up to a guy and shoot him in the face. Ring the doorbell, shoot him, and walk away. And you know you know what I said? I was like, you're right. You know, <laughs> because we're fucking savages. Most people are savages. So I think that, I mean, yes, Yes, absolutely. Stuff happens, and sometimes it might make people flip the switch, but I think you can't flip what wasn't already there. Like, people aren't going to just be like, get up one day and be like, I'm going to shoot this guy in the fucking face, you know, and then shoot myself, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, right. I, 
it just so happens that they that they're athletes that you know operating at that high level that they get the publicity, but yeah, they're absolutely. people at the end of the day. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Like freaking Bill Clinton, he got a fucking knobber in the Oval Office. And everyone's throwing up their hands and arms because this guy got a blowjob. Yeah, man, you impeachment know? proceedings. Yeah. And, I mean, Jesus Christ! How many people have gotten a fucking blowjob and they've been married? My God, or cheated in, in, in their office? I mean, in their imagine office. how many of those congressmen pushing for impeachment just you know just got done zipping up, walking out of their offices, That's the <laughs> headed, to, headed, headed to the floor to make a vote. Like it, it goes back to the hypocrisy of things. That's the dream, man. Getting a blowjob in your office. Every dude wants that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm neither for nor for or against, but I'm just saying we, we could talk all day about, like, conspiracy theories related to people's being sick all of a sudden or killing someone else or something. But the, the, honesty, the honest fact is I don't think we're that far ahead that they could be like, whatever, you know, like, here's Parkinson's disease. You're doing this or, yeah, murder, suicide, time to be distracted. You know what I mean? I don't think that's the case. I think. People, well, I mean. Apparently, there was a drug that the the CIA or someone had. You know, this was so. The 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 quick theory with Ali is that he visited the Mayo Clinic in like '81 for something or other, and while he was there, they injected him with this one um, specific type of drug that is known to cause the onset of Parkinson's disease. Um, Like it, it it may have even been developed for that purpose. There's proof of this. Oh well, I mean. Maybe, maybe not. Do your own research and draw your own conclusions. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of the, it's That's one of those things. Thing. <laughs> He's like, look, I just got this from a guy down the street, man. It's whatever. <laughs> so, so you want you want to talk about theories that have been proven? I mean, it's it's not like you know you talk about conspiracy theories and everyone wants to label you a coop, right? But there have been some shady things that have taken place that have been proven. So you talk about like the government. Um, sterilizing people and, and so we're getting into eugenics and sterilize unknowingly people being sterilized by the government or you talk about the tuskegee experiments mm-hmm. where people are being coming in to, to be treated for syphilis and they're basically getting placebo so the government can further study um the effects of syphilis on people and hundreds of people died as a result of that so in order or you talk about the government just dropping bombs on on an entire neighborhood in philadelphia mm-hmm. you know what i mean like these are things that actually happen. And so when you start hearing some of these new theories and you, people want to automatically ascribe them to conspiracy theories and label them kooks, it's, it's not like there's a, a, a clean history here of, of other just strange things that were conspiracy theories until they were actually proven. <clears throat> so shit, shit does happen. Absolutely. 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 There was widespread forced sterilization in the early 1900s, mostly of... Uh, Native American and black women who went to the mm-hmm. hospital for, you know, unrelated issues, basically. Right. Um, there's one statistic that was from uh, Sunflower County, Mississippi, where 60% of black women in that county were sterilized without their permission. In the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> And so, and so, it's not far fetched to think, oh, the government, you know, slipped Muhammad a Mickey and and made them all fucked up. If they've got a history of doing that kind of stuff, yeah, sterilizing people, MK MK Ultra experimenting on people without their consent, um, you know, giving them LSD and other drugs so they can study them and try to develop a truth serum. 
that they can use for prisoners of war. Like this, this is shit that, that that's actually been proven. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So, so what's what's knocking off one guy who serves as a threat to the government because he's got such a powerful voice, because he's got such a following, and and he's openly opposing, you know, the draft, which was the thing at the time, and and so you know that was kind of his <clears throat> his platform, and and it, it was growing into something much bigger than that. His his activism, his voice, and so it's in the government's best interest to silence that because you've got, you've got people who are buying into a different narrative than the one that they're offering. And it's becoming a problem. Same, and same thing with the, the COINTELPRO um, operations and, and them um, infiltrating, you know, like, like MLK's whole movement. You think they weren't behind that assassination? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. <clears throat> see, see, I can buy, uh, I, I totally believe that. Martin Luther King, uh, that he was he was assassinated by somebody uh, for them. I would totally believe that. Um, I because I'm not from that time period, and I never I've never seen uh, what's his name uh, Muhammad Ali as an influential character other than just being a good boxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it has no impact, and I've never had great respect for for. Uh, the nation of Islam or anything like that. So for me, it's like, I'm like, eh, whatever, you know what I mean? But I can see how for other people that'd be valuable. Um, I also think that uh, this is going to be a lot of trouble, but <laughs> I also think that we have a overinflated value of people like Muhammad Ali. Um, now was Muhammad Ali valuable? Yes, of course, highly valuable. Um, but I think a lot of people will like anytime someone famous dies, people will bandwagon on and be like, he was a hero. He was this, he was that. Well, he was a celebrity and he was famous and he had a lot of money and he was very good at what he did. Yeah, otherwise he was a total a asshole. Well, no, I'm not saying he was, he wasn't an <laughs> asshole. Muhammad Ali is renowned. He's like one of the special ones. And you know what I mean? He was, yeah. he was a pretty good guy. But I'm just saying, not specifically in his case, but in a lot of cases, like when people die, people are like, oh, don't speak poorly of the dead. I don't really apply that logic because I'm like, whether you're dead or not, you were still an asshole. You know what I mean? What, being dead earned you some special permission? You're dead now, so it should matter less, you know? So I don't know. But yeah, I totally think that they killed him. I, 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 that a lot of the nothing in that makes sense, and we, the society has as a whole, hasn't looked at it enough. At, at MLK's uh, shooting, so yeah, we just we just moved on to the next thing. It doesn't yeah. get enough ratings. Yeah, absolutely. Right, <laughs> this whole media-driven society that we live in, and now everywhere you look. You drive down the road and nine out of 10 people that you look left or look right at, they've got their, their head down, buried in the screen, you know, people standing on the corners or at bus stops, face buried in their phones. Like you can't, you can't get away from it. It's, it's interesting. Anybody ever see that movie, The Kingsman? Yeah. Yes. With Sam, with Sam Jackson? Yeah. I mean. Great movie. <clears throat> how, how far are we away from something like that happening? Or who's to say something like that isn't happening now, but on a different level? Like may, maybe there aren't ways being admitted to, to cause people to go into violent rages, but maybe there's some subtle 
brain wavelength manipulation taking place because of these cell phones, not just at the cancerous level and, and people saying, oh, cell phones give you cancer, but who's to say that they aren't like pumping out some low signal through through all these cell phones and screens that everyone is, is in front of for the majority of their day that are subtly controlling and programming and, and dictating the way people think. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily have to come from the devices. I mean, there's cell phone towers everywhere. Mm. You know the thing that scares me is the cell phone towers that are that no company owns. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother conspiracy that I didn't think to study about, but <laughs> that's a thing. There's a few by my house that. What do you mean that no one owns? Like, they just well, kind of popped up. Yeah, they just they just popped up and they don't they don't do anything that no one knows about. Like they, they're, they're not, yeah, they're not, they're not owned by Verizon or yeah. AT&T or any yeah. of those, those cell companies. They're exactly. just, they're just there. Yeah. So it's like, and who, so the question that begs being answered is who's writing your cell, who's, who's sending your cell signal on at that point? You know, who's, who's, uh, in it, you know, who is, uh, data, like data mining all this information about people that connect. You know, I work in an army base and I live right by an army base. So, you know, there's all kinds of questions there. Maybe the army owns it. You know, maybe the U.S. government owns it. And they're like, ah, we're just fucking people right now. Who knows? You know, <laughs> um, I'm sure you guys all heard about the blimp, right? Yeah. No. Okay. No, no, no you haven't heard I about have it? I've heard about it. Okay. So there's a blimp that under product project. Can I? I think I can. I'm pretty sure I can top of this. Uh, it's called JLINS. I don't know what JLINS stands for. J L I J L E N S. I'm sure someone can Google it. I don't. I don't know what it stands for, but it's JLINS. And the the blimp was owned by JLINS, and they used these blimps in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I personally believe there's no proof to corroborate this, but the blimps were used for something called Gorgon Stare. Okay, and that I read about that, and Michael read about it too. It's in that book, and it's a real thing. Um, they put it on planes. It's basically a camera system that looks at stuff and monitors things and records movements of people. Okay, so it's a real thing, Michael. I know Michael's like you heard about that in a book. It's fiction, but it's a real thing. And oh, I that was in um, Kill Decision. Yeah. Kill Decision. Okay, it's a real thing. So those blimps, I believe those blimps are equipped with that. And they had one that was launched over here where I work. And the blimp was up there. And then, of course, you know, because of government bungling, the cord snapped and the blimp on a rampage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, shot down in Pennsylvania by state troopers with shotguns. But uh, And now the whole project is gone. Like, they fired everybody. They're like, see you later. You fucking screwed the pooch. You're out of here. <laughs> but um, that's either here or there. So they asked them, they asked, you know, locals asked, what is this blimp doing? And people were like, oh, it's for local missile defense. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what they were at, telling people. Yeah. It was for local missile defense. And, oh, this is like, for in case someone tries to bomb this, you know, the, the national capital region, it will, like, uh, see the missiles coming in, bound, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever they told them, something like that. Dude, it's total what? Like we got ra- we got we got radar and we got all this other sophisticated yeah. technology and we need a fucking blimp to detect yeah, missiles. Exactly. We got radar, satellites, you name it, we got it. Okay? Like the national capital region is the most important part of the United States. They're watching it like a hawk. We don't need yeah. a, we don't Anytime need Anytime there's a plane that goes off course, they send up the fucking fighter jets 
after it. Remember, we kept on yeah. seeing that for for a while there after I want to say after nine eleven or something, but it like kept happening. Like random planes would just wander into the no fly zone over the capital. I remember I was with Evan once. We were standing outside the metro station, and it was like we like we hear something. We're like, "What the hell?" We look up, it's like, "Freaking fighter jet going by!" We're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> it is yeah. awesome, but <laughs> but still. So yeah, why the fuck do we need some blimp? Now, here's another question though I have for you. So are these blimps with this Gorgon stair thing? Is it so much better than the? The spy satellites that already exist that can supposedly see everything anyway? Well, the spy satellites are only in certain areas at certain times. The blimps have a loiter time of unlimited. That's It's all about loiter time, you know? Like a drone I just wanted to be able to say air. that. I, dude, I've been trying to say loiter time for like 12 months. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, no bullshit. A drone can stay in the air for like 18 hours, okay? A blimp can stay in the air for like seven or eight days, if not, I mean, more than that, an unlimited amount of time. You know, the one that was up here stayed in the air since from when they put it up, months and months and months, it was up there, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, it was up there only for testing. They weren't doing anything with it, but they just didn't want sure to tell people what it was for, because they're a fucking government. I'm sure they were doing more stuff with it, but who knows? I mean, there's nothing to see where I live, trust me. <laughs> Except they're trying to, maybe they're trying to lock in on the meth trade. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> there's nothing up here. But, um, so that's all, I mean, they were just, this is a testing place, they're just testing it. But, you know, um... The thing is that it's all about, like, you can use that. They use that technology. They can watch a place for an unlimited amount of time and really lock in on patterns because all this shit, everything is about data mining, dude. Understanding data and people's movements are data. Whether you go to the flower shop every Tuesday, it's fucking data. If you go to the butcher every Wednesday, it's fucking data. You take a shit and, you know, the plumber comes to unclog your toilet, data, you know? And if they can follow that plumber from his I, house... I got a whole hell of a lot of data for that plumber, then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if they can follow that, that, that plumber from his house to his shop to roughly when they think he see, receives the call to your shop, to your office or whatever, dude, that's data. That's, like, amazing. If you, could, if you can understand the logistics of an entire town like that, that's amazing. But what, uh, what are they doing with all that data? Oh, dude, come on, man. Recording it, man. But for what? I mean, what? What's the what's the end goal? I think for us, nothing. I think that that is being applied to like a small town in Afghanistan or something like that, where they can look at an entire town, you know, with three or four passes of a blimp or rotating around a just wrote like in a in a circuit around a town for three or four days. They can use that data and they can say, so like if you read the book me and Mike read, basically the guy was like, oh, this lady she picked up a package and left it there. She's picked up that package and left it there for every month, every Wednesday for a month. And today she didn't. Today she's taking a package somewhere else and she left it somewhere else. And now that place blew up. Okay, we know that it was her or whatever. Like, you right. know, they're, they're using that to tie people together and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's kind of crazy what you can do if you have all the right data points, you know? Um, and honestly, any book by Daniel Suarez, CRR. Uh, our what's it called an advertiser our advertiser audible.com <laughs> you can read a book by daniel suarez any book by daniel suarez will help you understand this concept so um 
Yeah, I think uh, I think I had Andrew read one of his books. Um, that was the uh, the Bureau of Technology Control. Yeah, great book. Yeah, that influx nightmare fuel for an IT guy. Absolute nightmare fuel. That's a whole other uh, story. But yeah, I mean, you know, so there's all kinds of shit out here, man. People are doing all kinds of wild shit. Um, let me let me let me jump quickly into mine. I know we're not on to we're not we're not moving out of that one, but this is just like we're talking about governments. Um, so a couple things I saw, and I haven't looked into this first thing I'm going to mention, but there's a there's a a great YouTube channel called Dark Five that has all kinds of weird shit on it. And they cover a lot of the top five creepiest pictures of a donkey licking a man's balls, you know, or whatever. What you know, the they fuck? don't they don't have that video. That doesn't exist. But they have like top five of this. Like here's one uh, by them. Top five most mysterious sounds ever recorded. Top five videos that exist on the internet. Top five creepy creepy mysteries. So a long time ago, about two years ago, I I watched a video. Well, before I go there, they had one called Top Five sites that don't exist on Google. Okay? And they showed five places that you were like, why is this blacked out? It's very weird. Oh, on Google so, on Google uh, Maps? Yeah, on Google Maps. Yeah. So one of them was like a mountain peak in in the uh in the Alps, you know? And you were like and and so they said the guy said, "Oh, there's you know, we believe there's a former Nazi base here. The Nazis went here for this and that. And there's proof that they went up here many times. And now it's blacked out. So they don't want people to see the opening of the base. You know, so now it's been blocked out. You know, and then they're like, this this picture of a map in the Russian uh, hinterlands, not hinterlands, Siberia. This, this picture of a map in Siberia has been like, they're like, it's clearly a duplicate has been taken from another place and placed here. You know, so it's not actually it's like a confirmed duping like a of copy terrain. and paste. Yeah, a copy and paste on one piece of terrain from another piece of terrain. And it just is clearly a, like a copy. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff like that. They're showing on there. So the government is doing all kind of, like we think, OK, yeah, Area 51, Groom Lake, all this shit, whatever. Like we know those places exist. We know that they do all kinds of wild shit out there. OK, there's probably aliens out there. 100% guaranteed there's aliens out there. Guaranteed. I think there are. I totally think there are. But there's other stuff, like, they're like, edit Google, you know? Like, they don't really care that we think that there's aliens out there. But there's other stuff that they're trying to edit out of technology today that they're like, yeah, this doesn't exist, you know? And that's kind of scary. It's kind of spooky. Um... Anyway, I just ran across that one. But this other thing that I thought was really interesting, uh, I put it in the show notes here. It's down at the bottom. You guys check it out. It's UV, UVB76. Um, so basically what UVB76 is, and I'm going to play you a little segment of it here. This particular one is a weird one because it has, it has uh, some sounds in it. It has a woman screaming in it. <laughs> but... Um, Ignore that. That's another creepy aspect to the whole thing. <laughs> but basically, UV, UVB76 is a number station. I don't know if you guys know, have heard of number stations or know what they are. Many countries have them. There's a, a, a page I'll put in the show notes of like 20 uh, or 30 different number stations that are active or have been active in various different times. Um, 
there's a few uh, very interesting ones. I'll just read off the names of a couple here. Uh, so we've got um, the most famous one is UVB76 called The Buzzer. Then there's Yosemite Sam. Uh, that's a really weird one. I'll play that for you. The the yoke the the Lincolnshire poacher. So uh, that's one. And then there's uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot and the Swedish Rhapsody. So oh, and the backwards music station. I'm just reading a few of these off of a page. And then a Cuban one that doesn't have a name. So these are really interesting. I'm gonna play you the uh, the the UVB76 right here real quick. So you guys can just hear this because it sounds really creepy. And what did I just close? I just closed something. Okay, anyway, here we go. Okay. So that's all this station does. I didn't. I'll be honest, I didn't hear a damn thing. So did anyone hear it? It was it was quite soft, but I'll see if I can uh, boost it up. Okay, well I will put it in the show notes. Basically, what we're what, what you'd be listening to is a very lo- very loud static and buzzing. So this channel, yeah, I heard that. I heard the the buzzing. Okay, so it buzzes like every seven seconds. It buzzes. Okay, it's been doing this in one way or another since 1970, and people are like, "What is it for? What does it do?" You know. Um, basically what you, what you get is you get the buzzing and then you get number groups. So the guy'd be like buzzing and then he'd be like, Mikhail, Ivan, uh, Zachenkov, blah, blah, blah. Like he'll say a bunch of Russian names. Then he'll say one, two, seven, nine, eight, three, F six. And he'll just, he just repeats it twice and then buzzing for another three or four days. So people were puzzling, like, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What, you know, is it aliens or whatever? So every time the one of the UVB-76 sites is discovered, the Russian government would shut it down, pick up, and move to another location. So right now there's three known locations. They have not moved from them, but they're all in military bases or out in the middle of nowhere and blocked off from people getting at them. But I guess using DFing, they people can find the location. Direction finding, people uh, can find the locations. So not direction finding. I forgot what it's called, but it's DFing. They can find they can find the uh, locations of this, and you can go and tune into them if you have uh, ham radio wave, or something right? like that, or something. A shortwave, yeah, shortwave, yeah. You can tune into them and listen to them. Um, so it's. I mean, this the assumption is that all these things are. Uh, are basically sending information to spies of that country. So the Russian was sending sending information to Russian spies in other places, you know, or English spies or American spies in other places, yada, yada, so on and so forth. The Lincolnshire one, uh, let me see if I can find it again here. Because uh, that's a really good one. What if they're sending messages to spies in the past? Oh, my God. Mind blown. That'd be very interesting. (laughs) That'd be very interesting. So I hope you guys can hear this. I don't know why you can't hear this. But here's the Yosemite Sam one. 
Okay, can anyone hear that? I heard it. It was pretty soft, though. Okay, I'm going to put them in the show notes so everybody can go and listen to them. Um, so the Yosemite Sam one is uh, the guy's like, I'm going to blow your, he's, I'm going to blow you to smithereens. That's what he's saying. And it's like, buzz. I'm going to blow you to smithereens. But, and it's Yosemite Sam's voice from, um, from the, you know, the cartoons, from the Warner Brothers cartoons. Uh. And it's just the weirdest thing, you know? <laughs> um, it's so creepy. And it's been going for years, man. Like the UV 1970, it's freaking crazy. And where is man. that one? It's in Russia. The, the Yosemite Sam one is in, it says it's broadcasting from a station in Albuquerque, New, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Transmission was an 800 millisecond, bur- 800 millisecond burst of compressed data, which includes anything from pictures, video, uh, followed by the voice of a cartoon character, Yosemite Sam saying, Varmint, I'm going to blow you to smithereens. The cycle repeats itself over a two-minute period, then that's it. And is that on a military base or something? I have no idea. I have no idea. It says it says it's uh, near our Indian reservation, near Albi. No, no, from the Laguna Indian Reservation. Oh, yeah, so, so that's Indian, Indian people just fucking with us now. It could be, <laughs> maybe, or maybe like we are going to confound the white man. Their spies. <laughs> maybe they're talking to their spies. I don't know. Um, oh, Native American spies. I like it. Yeah, and Lincolnshire poster. I'm playing it. You guys probably can't hear it. Okay, so wow. I'm sure you guys couldn't hear I heard that. heard it a little bit. Yeah, I heard that. I heard it, yeah. So... People call this the Lincolnshire Poacher, but it turns out that this is actually not a British one. Uh, it's it's actually a Polish one, and it's playing a Polish song. Not It's named for a song called the Lincolnshire Poacher because people thought that's what it was playing, but really it's a Polish song, and the Polish song is called Something Else. It's something very similar with a very similar sound, and people think it's the same thing. Um but it's uh, just another creepy ass thing. So here's what here's what I think they are, and here's what a few people think they are. They think that these are basically one time pads, you know. So like in a worst case scenario for a spy who you cannot be reached by phone, email, or any other like uh like one dead drops or anything like that, they can tune into this radio station and listen and see like at a set time and place. Are there any orders for me? You know. Or is there anything, any, you know, whatever, any information for me uh, that I can decipher with my half of the one time So this is a coded message going out to spies, basically. Yes. That's what people think it is. Does the message change? It does, yes. Okay. UVB 76 changes every now and again. Like, people people are listening to it like 24 hours a day because people are crazy. Um, (laughs) You know, they're listening to that buzzing and recording it and then going back and listening. It's nuts. But... Um, so it is releasing stuff, but it's no one has ever decrypted anything from any of these stations because they're one-time pads, and if you're using one-time pad correctly, you cannot decrypt it. It's unbreakable. So very we, interesting. We need to enlist SR Haddon. <laughs> that is correct. 
That is correct. They they actually they actually depicted um, the use of, of these stations and scandal. Anybody ever watched that show? Yeah, they did talk about that in uh, the Wikipedia page I was looking at. I did not see that. What did they say? Yeah. About scandal? Well, I mean, it, it was essentially used in the way that you just described. The the dude fell out of contact, and um, the spy fell out of contact, and was was looking for a way to get his orders or, or get plugged back into the spy network, and so he tuned into one of these stations and did just that. Yeah, see, and that's what I think that if I'm thinking about it, like in 2016, why would you need a radio station, right? And I kind of figured if you're going to have something that you're always broadcasting over shortwave that anybody can pick up, then you you beat into your spy's head. Okay, in the worst case scenario, we will always be, and we if we know it's a worst case and you know it's a worst case, we haven't heard from you in three or four days and everything, we know... You take this one-time pad, you memorize it and eat it or shit it out or whatever, and then worst-case scenario, you go and you find us on this and we will broadcast data to you. You know, how to get out, where you can get a gun, where you can get a fucking blowjob, whatever. You know, it's all the information is there. The top three <laughs> most important things for a spy. <laughs> blowjob. In, yep. in no certain order. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> where to get a cheeseburger, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I guess we know what I'm thinking about, huh? Yep, big meat. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, let's talk about this Philly shit, man, because I'm very interested in this. This is like very interesting to me. What's that? The, the bomb being dropped? Yeah, man. This is this is this is kind of crazy. And I was gonna say, you know, what, what do they say? You know, West Philadelphia, born and raised, the playground. <laughs> you know, I spent most of my days. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, West Philadelphia's seen hard times, bro. Yeah, I uh, I came across this recently on uh, and it it was on an NPR uh, website. Uh, they wrote an article about it, and I had never heard of this. Um, Andrew, you uh, you know something about this? I'm I'm not I'm not too plugged into the specifics. Um, from what I recall, I read about this a while back, and from what I recall, there was some sort of standoff between some um, some militant group or something or other that was holed up in this house and was completely fortified. Um, police couldn't touch him, and so they decided to drop a bomb on him and just completely eviscerate him in uh, in a couple block radius as well. Jesus, but I, I don't yeah I don't I don't remember the specifics though. What would you find on the Wikipedia uh, page, James? Um, no, on uh, yeah, I found the same NPR article that whatever Michael posted. I guess Michael posted it. I found that's what I was reading about it, mm. and I just I was like kind of shocked, honestly. Like number one, how does a police department, you know, in 1985 get a bomb and then figure out a way to drop it? <laughs> you know, what kind of bomb did they get? Right. You know, there's so many questions. And how militant was this group to say that now in 2016 we have guys post up in a fucking place out in the middle of nowhere with guns and we're like, nah, it's cool, fuck it, let them. Yeah, let that them old Clive Bundy situation. Yeah, let them run free. And this motherfucker said, "There's no internet in the fucking jail cell." No, motherfucker, there's not. <laughs> You're in jail, bitch. Get a book and a paper, motherfucker. Right. Me but me meanwhile, you know, twelve year old kids with BB guns are getting shot. Yeah, basically. By the police. And they're they're trying to talk these guys off of the bridge over on the other side of the country with, you know, rifles and, yeah. and just all kinds of weaponry. And they're getting a free pass. Yeah. Practically. 
But yeah, so I, the, the whole Philadelphia thing, I think the, the takeaway there is a police department literally dropped a bomb on a house in a neighborhood, you know, a, a city neighborhood in Philadelphia. Like, you know, that that in and of itself is crazy, regardless of what the circumstances were around that. Mm-hmm. They dropped a bomb in a residential area. Like, how fucked up can you be? Yeah, apparently were all parties involved acquitted. Oh, that I don't I don't know if there was ever any charges brought forth on on that. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's some group called Move MOV yeah, qu- quasi Rastafarian anti-technology pro animal rights worldview. <laughs> they were asking for it. Yeah, it's hilarious. They're a threat. You, They're a threat. But but you know what? I'd be like, all right, dude. <laughs> you know, as long as they're holding nobody hostage, just do your thing, man. Go ahead. You want to be weirdos? You know, have at it, horse. You know, right, right. I mean, it's all. You that know. is why you, sir, will never be police chief. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? I I I I cherish life. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's life's worth living. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what? I think. I mean, I'm just looking at this. Obviously, extreme method. Put it this way: in 1985, we did not live, especially on the East Coast, where on the on the West Coast, we were like, as a as a nation, they had crash. And everything else, and they had SWAT teams and all kinds of stuff. On the East Coast, we weren't so keen on that just yet. Like, we didn't understand it. And we, the East Coast, you gotta remember, America's a very young country. So, where other countries, like where the British were like, yeah, we have the SAS, and we've been kicking down doors for fucking, you know, 100 years. The U.S. is like, special forces, SWAT teams, you know, saving life. Man, whatever, yo. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I think that we didn't understand that. And I'm let's not, just eliminate the threat. Yeah, they're by like, all means. Yeah, like we don't want to send officers in that. Let's just drop a bomb on it. You know. And back then, there's no internet, so of course they could fucking do whatever they wanted. Try to do that shit now, yo. These these guys be hanging from the fucking light posts. Yeah, in short order. Yeah, you know, and they did the, a horrible job chief? because the Fresh Prince was wrapped about West Philadelphia. What, what so. would the police chiefs come out and say? Be there out of having the news conference? Like, look, it was the only option to us. <laughs> like, shit was just getting out of hand. Things escalated kind of quickly. <laughs> like, we had to find a bomb. And I think they, they got, I don't even know what kind of bomb it was. I think they got a bomb and they literally dropped it out of a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like they had a bomber. You know, it's not like they have a B fifty two bomber. You know, and they're like, "All right, bomb- bombardier, you ready?" You know, like it wasn't like some shit right. like that. You know, so it was like I'm, I'm sure they had a bomb squad, and they were like, uh, "We know you can take them apart, but can you make a bomb?" Oh yeah, maybe. See, can you go the other way? See, I doubt they even had a bomb squad. You know the the thing is, I think we as as a we kind of culturally overestimate our past and think, what do you mean they didn't have a cell phone? Back then they didn't have cell phones, and same thing with bomb squads. Bomb? Who made bombs back then? Like Americans, like I'm gonna blow this up. That shit didn't happen. Like this whole like, oh, we're gonna walk into a fucking store well, with a gun and just go a, shoot like 35 people. That shit didn't happen in just a few. I think it did, but 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 not it. Not like it happens now. I think not, I think now it's covered more. Well, no, but also now we've built responses to it, and we've trained 
police officers how to deal with it the best way possible. Back then, they didn't take that shit seriously. They didn't know what to they do. Like, yeah, they didn't know what to do. There was no training. That's like that. the uh, that thing that the uh, that happened in L.A. that became the the basis for the movie Heat, supposedly. Yeah. You know yeah. where those guys are just in full body armor. Like oh, right, right, right. That's a great example. And the and the bullets, like you look at the the footage, the bullets are bouncing off those motherfuckers. They're like plink, plink, plink. <laughs> you know? Yeah, did you guys see the footage, the real footage? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and all the cops had was nine mils. And now from from the almost that day forward, all almost every police officer in major cities now, in that trunk they got a fucking AR, you know? And they got a shotgun in their dash. So they can do some so they can put in some work. Because they're afraid that this is going to be the second they have to deal with those guys. And you know what? Even though you might go your whole career without having to shoot a guy as a police officer, the day that you have that gun, you'll be super grateful. You know? So are you insinuating that whole situation was staged by gun manufacturers to increase sales and profits? Oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Evan gets us back on track. I do. I do believe that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was actually another incident, um, not quite that ridiculous, but uh, where FBI agents were trying to um, apprehend these bank robbers, and they basically, in the aftermath, I think there was one FBI agent dead, three others injured. And the two the two suspects I think ended up dead finally, but the problem was the FBI agents only had they only basically they only had ninety eight they had like nine millimeter guns and like you know like thirty eight special or something and that's it and they apparently they shot the suspects repeatedly and the suspects just wouldn't die <laughs> so <laughs> they weren't incapacitated at all it's like they got shot they're like f that they kept going you know so. From then on, actually, the FBI now and a lot of police departments, just as their standard sidearm, have higher caliber weapons. Like, I think the FBI now has um, 40 Smith & Wesson. Yeah, 40s. Which is... I mean, most police departments run 40s now. Yeah, and that's, and that's why. Because of that incident that happened. They're like, man, these guys just won't go down. <laughs> need more stopping power. Exactly. So anyway, um, that's the problem. A gunfight happens in seconds, not in over minutes. At least not in the residential pedestrian stage. Now, what do you mean? People aren't running around like Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, just having you know ten minute long shootouts and well, crowded, crowded urban areas. Well, yeah, it's like it's like. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I know Evan was played football, and I know I wrestled in high school, so. A wrestling match was three minutes long. The rounds were like a minute long. So you had three, three minute, three one minute rounds or something like that, you know? A one minute, a one minute round of wrestling in front of people with people yelling and screaming in the background and stuff seemed like it was like a millennium. So I can only imagine that same scenario, but now everybody has guns and they're shooting at you and it's life or death. And you're like, I just, if I can just survive these three minutes, you know, it takes forever. So I can totally see why they would switch to 40. But if you think about it, if you shoot somebody, if you dump a nine millimeter magazine into a guy, he's not, and he's not have body armor on, he's not going to act right in like 15 or 20 seconds. But the right. problem is, in 15, 20 seconds, a lot can happen. Yeah, you can do a lot of damage in that time. Yeah, exactly. Unless there's 
copious PCP involved, then he might uh, have a chance. Good, yeah. good point there, yeah. Oh, I thought um, you meant coat the bullets it. in PCP. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> I believe the police are doing that. Plot um, twist. Yeah. Plot twist. <laughs> he was um, he was out of control. <laughs> <laughs> so he loaded him up with some PCP. <laughs> um, no, but what's that same thing they say about knives? They're like uh, a, a person with a knife can take out someone with a gun if they move fast enough. There's a saying: guns for show, knives for a pro. You just make uh, that up? Well, no, it's from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's not the saying I'm talking about, but there's something basically the whole theory behind it is if a person, a motivated person with a knife with can can, can traverse so many feet to a person with a gun. James, and, I, I and saw that out. in a uh, in an episode of Criminal Minds. Uh, you know, I don't know how accurate it is, but. Um, that is definitely not where I saw it. Saw it because I'm not a choo-choo watch Criminal Minds, but uh, it, it is a saying. Well, I've they seen said it 21 feet is what I was gonna say. So that might be it. Let, let me just I'll let me finish because you're a fucking answer. asshole criticizing my That's right. my fucking That's right. conspiracy theory. Proven James is a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well played. Mm-hmm. So Andrew, is there uh, anything else you wanna you wanna mention here? Yeah, I want to. I want to tackle the whole chemtrails thing. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. I like that one. Okay. All right. yeah. You know, you know, and and so people who you know, there's a, a group of folks. You you mentioned chemtrails, and they'll roll their eyes and say, you know, condensation. Planes have been making condensation since as I've been a kid, looking up at the sky, watching planes cross over. But there seems to be two different, distinct types of trails that planes leave, and so you see like this one real thin narrow band that dissipates not too far, you know, from where it originates out of the plane. And then you see another. And, and so those are referred to as condensation trails. And then you see what people refer to as chemtrails, which are like these long drawn out lines that seem to just expand and, and get thicker into the air, the further away from the plane it gets. And they hang out almost like, like false clouds um, indefinitely much longer than, just that, that quick streak as the plane is passing by that you would see from condensation. And so, you know, the, the idea is that the government is, is either doing some things from geoengineering to toy with weather patterns or so forth. And, you know, they're releasing chemicals in the atmosphere to manipulate the weather or they're just throwing poison in the air. Um, and there's this, this coordinated effort to do that across various counties, cities, states and so forth. But I know that I routinely look up and, and see, you know, on a, on a non cloudy day, blue skies, and you can see planes crisscrossing and leaving all kinds of trails up there. And so, you know, any truth to that? And if so, what's what's the point of that? What are they doing there? Very good question. Now, my answer to that is aluminum. So, in nature, aluminum is a it's a, a bonded material. You don't find pure aluminum anywhere. However, in uh, 2000, in, in, sorry, in the year 2000, a test was done um, somewhere in the country on water and was found to contain 100 micrograms per liter of aluminum. In 2013, the same test was done and was found to have 13,000 micrograms per liter of aluminum in the water. So it doesn't just get in the water. It gets 
it's it's airborne, so you breathe it. Goes through your sinuses to your frontal lobe, causes brain scarring, which is a primary factor in Alzheimer's, and also elevated um, uh, aluminum in your body is linked to ADD and ADHD. So perhaps the drug companies are doing it, so they can increase their profits on treatments. Oh, that's interesting, and and I guess that makes sense. The the ADD specifically. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I certainly have symptoms of that from time to time. But and I do believe if you're if you're just going for the cloud seeding option, I'm pretty sure the primary uh, chemical of choice is aluminum oxide. Mm. And and so this is nothing more than a way to peddle more pharmaceuticals. Ultimately, it could be, or it could be something Jeez. that we just have no no idea what they're doing. Mm. They're doing it for our benefit. Mm. Well, sure. that's the party line, right? <laughs> and and matter of fact, you didn't even see any planes doing cloud seeding. That was just a, a weather balloon gone awry. Yeah, no one tied it down. That, right. No one ever heard heard that the whole weather balloon thing before. Yeah. Right. But but I mean, is is that conceivable that there's this kind of coordinated effort to poison the air with aluminum? Uh, it could be. And maybe that's, you know, one of a, a multi-stage uh, effort. You know, there's been talk of uh, fluoride in the water and your toothpaste to make you more complacent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're spraying that in the air also. And there's definitely um, detrimental effects to living near an airport, whether there are chemtrails or not because of all the fuel. That's in the air. That If your plane flies over you, that's like you know, your car exhaust times a thousand that comes down. Hmm. You breathe that. So, so that romantic picnic over there by RFK, you know, stretched out watching the planes fly across overhead is is probably not a good idea as far as your health is concerned. It's a death (laughs) trap organized by the government (laughs) as their current eugenics plan. (laughs) They'll make you sterilize yourself. Well, you know, two unplanned kids later, that didn't work too well for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> the secret's out. <laughs> so, have any of you guys read the the Wikipedia page on this? On what? Chemtrail? Chemtrail. Uh, yes. Okay. So, <laughs> this is the, the kind of really, like, pie-in-the-sky thinking that the government is known for. Um, they say that this, the chemtrail theory was like... Uh, was kind of came came on the scene big time in 1996 when someone read uh, a newspaper from Air University. I guess that's a air and it, the, the it was called Weather as a Force Multiplier, owning the weather in 2025. <laughs> yeah. So that's the that's the army that's the military in a nutshell. You know they plan way out and they plan way big. So they're like we're gonna own the weather. You know and I guess people took that and said. You're seeding the clouds with God knows what bullshit, you know. But uh, it's kind of weird, man. They just, think they would do that. Ju- well, just a quick mention on something that uh, I would like to talk about in the future. Maybe we'll have another one of these podcasts um, about planning far in advance. Going back to the Bilderberg Group, which is meeting in Dresden, Germany, as we speak. How about that? Right now. Um 
leaked information. Michael, well, shoot a tweet at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is two-part. Um, leaked information from a little over a decade ago said that there were plans being discussed to hold off the invasion of Iraq until March of 2003. Lo and behold, March 20th, 2003, we go to Iraq. Now, Hmm. way before that, uh, we've all heard of the European Union, which is a relatively new... uh, Uh, I'll call it organization. I don't know. Establishment, relatively new establishment. The groundwork for that was created at one of their meetings in 1955. Whoa. So weather control 2025. I absolutely believe that. See, uh, I confirmed. uh, Yes. I I sort of think that if you put enough smart people in a room, and uh, make them talk, and make them talk for a long time. They'll come up with a lot of things that are happening now. I'm not saying that that's you know. It's true. So there's a small group of global elite who invite other, uh, you know, other relevant people of the times, and they talk about ideas in the future. Some of the topics that they're discussing this year: China, Middle East, technological innovation, geopolitics, and energy commodity pricing. Um, and one, the names of the attendees are published, but you're bound to not reveal anything that's discussed. One name that stood out, uh, is interesting to me was Canadian astronaut, Chris Hadfield. So I wonder if they're asking him anything about, uh, prolonged time and space, feasibility of leaving the planet, perhaps alien life. I don't know. Hmm. That's that's deep. Uh, I, I I definitely think you know we're we're gonna do some galactic colonizing here soon. It it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Yeah. At the at the rate that we're destroying this planet, we're gonna have to find someone else. And that's how fucked up we are as a just as a civilization as a species. Like we would rather go find somewhere else to live and like terraform Mars, for example, versus fixing the societal infrastructure here to to put us in harmony with nature and not just being parasites on the planet like that's how fucked up we'll we'll just we'll just completely deplete all of our natural resources here and then move to another planet and build up the resources and then deplete that and probably move again rather than fixing this whole just structure that within which we live yeah over millennia that's entirely possible or space virus it's and Entirely possible. The thing that is worrisome, um, and you know, some people might think it's a conspiracy, but I'll bring up global warming briefly. So, there is a roughly thirty to forty year lag in effects um, having to do with global warming. So, what we're seeing now is from the eighties. Mm-hmm. So, in thirty to forty years, this shit is fucked. Mm. And I'm curious if the ocean uh, ocean levels rise, if ice caps melt, and coastlines disappear, New York and California, uh, Amsterdam, stuff like that, can we maintain the lifestyle that we're used to with the loss of that infrastructure? 
Yeah, we'll be able to. We'll just have to build up instead of out. Yeah, you'll see that, like, after the first time that happens, there will be, we will have new mega cities in places like North Dakota that are super safe. And this, the problem, I mean, Washington, D.C. will be underwater because Washington, D.C. is already below sea level. So Washington, D.C. will probably move to somewhere in the middle of the country, probably somewhere like Iowa or, you know, Missouri or somewhere like that. You know, it'll move somewhere, somewhere in the somewhere in the center, center U.S. Uh, will become the seat of that power. That would make more sense. States. That would, uh, well, it would make more sense, like you know, from a yeah logistical standpoint, but not from like a historical standpoint. But that's probably what'll happen because uh, D.C. is basically a well. March, why is so. why is D.C. where it is? Why is that the capital? Probably because it was on the East Coast and near where people landed. I don't know. It's in the middle. Of what used to be the United States, yeah, it's in the center. Oh, there you go. You know, like so, it was like thirteen colonies. It's in the middle. That's all. That's it. <laughs> so if we if we wanted the capital, if we said, oh, the capital should be in the middle, it would be it would be Kansas City, right? Yeah. Pretty much. So that all makes sense um, until you think about whenever Yellowstone blows up. But in that case, the whole world is done anyways, so it doesn't matter. Wait, what's that all about? Oh, my man. We can save that for the next one. No, I'm kidding. Uh, basically, <laughs> basically, under Yellowstone is a giant caldera volcano. So it's an active volcano who, when, when it last erupted, uh, I want to say... I want to say like 200,000 years ago or something um, or close to it. It basically blew the top off. So it doesn't look like a volcano, but under the ground, it's a fucking active well, volcano. That's what a caldera is, right? Oh, yes. And uh, it's overdue. So, so she's scheduled to blow any minute now. Well, if I, I believe from, you know, rough estimates of scientists that I cannot quote right this second. It's, it's on a cycle of about 160 to 180,000 years. And it was about 200,000 years ago, the last time it blew up. So what happens when it blows up? Um, nuclear winter. <laughs> I love how casually you say that. That's it. It's over. <laughs> if you, if you, yes. If you live in a bunker or have a silo or something, you know, with supplies for a decade, maybe you'll be all right. But it'll be nearly the end of the human race again. Excellent. All the more reason that we need to start colonizing other planets. Yeah. I'm down. We were actually talking about that in our last episode. We we talked about terraforming, and then we decided we didn't actually know what that meant. Or, <laughs> or or how or more specifically how to accomplish it. Yeah. You know. Well one one method I saw for Mars that, that was bandied about on Reddit was just lob a nuke yeah. at the atmosphere and you know, let let that take its you know, run its course. Yeah, basically. Whatever the fuck whatever whatever the fuck that means. But it made it made sense at the time. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Ah, oh, we shouldn't have nuked it. Oh well, <laughs> that's, that's our answer to everything. Nukes, yeah, because yeah. we just got so many of them. They're like, how do we fucking use these things? 
Send them to Mars. Call it, right. call it terraforming. Sherilyn <laughs> Accounting needs a stapler. Man, send her a noose. See ya. On the advice of James and um, Evan here, I watched the movie Sunshine recently. And that's, and that's where the there's something going wrong with the sun. And so they send this this uh, team of you know astronauts to to the sun with basically the largest nuclear bomb ever constructed in the history of mankind to go like restart the sun or something I don't know I'm not sure <laughs> what the the whole thing basically. was but yeah so that was a that was an interesting movie just I'll just say that but yeah, yeah and the it whole, brings in the whole nuclear space. The whole nuclear bomb space theme here. Uh, yeah, and it brings in themes of of God and self-sacrifice for the betterment of to, – to save humanity. Your life doesn't matter. Well, the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few yes. or the one. Yes, absolutely. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit if your life is on the other side if you're the few or the one yeah it's total bullshit right right <laughs> I don't know I like the two scenes with the where the Asian guy with the scalpel and with uh, Chris Evans fixing the computer mm-hmm. I was like I I would like to think I would be those guys if in that situation yeah I don't know about that having your balls frozen man that's too much yeah more than that well, that too, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll wrap this one up for now. Hopefully uh, we can do another. I really enjoyed this. Uh, thanks for coming on, Andrew. Any yeah, clo- any closing words, thoughts, feelings? Yeah, just uh, don't, don't always believe what you read, what you see. And anytime there's a big media story that is mostly fluff, you know, somebody got married, somebody got shot, so forth, uh, look to see what other maybe smaller stories are lingering about uh, that are being overshadowed and, and dwarfed by whatever the, the news of the day is. Cause you, usually there is, there's something else happening as, as was alluded to at the beginning of the show. Um, you know, there, there's always some sleight of hand taking place. And so just be aware of that and, and be aware of the game that's being played around you and don't put yourself in debt just so you can get a job and repay your debt. Now drop the mic on that one. All right. It's been real, guys. Thank you, sir. Well, for all of us here at the uh, the Kook panel, we'll bid you adieu until next time. Thanks for listening.
No, but there's a few, like the tree in our front yard, Evan. That yeah. one, right? Mm-hmm. Evan knows. Our other roommates don't know, but Evan knows. It that wasn't tree there. Fucking, it was not there. The whole time we lived in that, there was no tree in that yard. Then one day it fucking appeared. And I know it sounds crazy, Andrew, but I'm not fucking crazy. That tree just fucking appeared. 